Welcome back to The Perfect Fit. On today's episode, Benji and I talk about 10 common mistakes that we see being made when it comes to strength training. We dive a little deeper into each one, as well as give some helpful tips and solutions to help solve these mistakes. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and to share this episode or any of the previous ones with anyone who you think would find these helpful. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, howdy. How's it going? Pretty good, yourself? Good, good. Mm. Week going well? Gearing up for vacation? Oh man, I'm like trying not to check out right now. It's it's hard. Tough. Got one more day. Got all the online check-ins to knock out today, and then one more day of training, and we'll get out of here Saturday morning. Head to the beach. You going for a week? Yeah, Saturday, Saturday. So that'd be nice. Nice. That's is that like the longest vacation you've had? With, in a, with kids? Yeah, in a while. I mean, shoot, yeah, maybe in two years. On <laughs> most of the stuff we do, are like long weekends or yeah, right. day, so this yeah. should be a good break. Everybody's going. It'll be fourteen in one house. So, oof, oof. We're, we're, we're all with young kids too. So that's gonna yeah, be, that's gonna be a handful. Kids, seven kids, seven kids. Wow. Hey, yeah. yeah. Enjoy the time off though. It's. Oh, yeah. No, it'll be good. If I show up in Atlanta, you know what happened. <laughs> You're like, I just left him. I couldn't take it anymore. Me and me and Kanye hanging out at the arena. <laughs> hey, oh, gosh. That's crazy. All right. Well, let's get started. Um, basically, today, uh, we're going over a couple things that we wanted to address uh, but 10 common mistakes of strength training. Uh, a lot of these we've probably repeated in other podcasts, but I still think many of them are worth repeating and just keep reinforcing these points for a lot of people. Uh, so most of them are short, pretty quick and to the point. Uh, we won't spend a whole lot of time on some, but some we are going to get a little bit deeper into. Uh, so we're just going to alternate back and forth. You go, I go. Um, and we'll just discuss these different points. So do you want to go ahead and start us off? Sure. With yeah. Number one. All right. Number one, mistakes of strength training, uh, one that we see a lot. So it's going to be program hopping, the hoppers. Yeah. Brown. Um, man, I see this all the time. In fact, I'm seeing it a lot right now. People trying to figure out what's the next thing they should do now that they're coming out of their summer phase. So jumping from plan to plan does not allow you any time to make progress in one phase or one area. Um, in order to really see the most changes, it's just like with anything else, if you're going to get good at, you know, guitar, piano, whatever your thing is, you have to practice one thing for a set amount of time. Practice song, same thing in exercise, practice that same uh, sets, reps, scheme around those lifts. And if you're constantly program hopping, you're never going to, but at that one thing. This is one of the reasons why I think you and I kind of have the same view on like classes, group classes. Mm -hmm. um, they have their place, but we see a lot of those people attend those classes year after year and every class is different because they want to provide excitement. 
They want um, variety. Yeah, variety. So you're never really learning a skill or perfecting a skill. You're jumping to something new. Yeah. Um, what about you? Like any experience with that? Like clients, people you've picked up recently, program hopping? Oh, yeah. Um, I think the biggest complaint is one, more people want variety. But what people don't understand is that too much variety is a bad thing, right? In, in order for us to make changes in our body, whether that is actually through training or even nutrition, which is a whole separate thing, our body has to adapt, yep. right, to stresses that we're putting on it. And in order to adapt to something, you have to stick to it for a period of time, right? So coming in every week and doing, you know, Monday, let's say it's chest day, and you do a certain workout, and then you come back the next week, and it's chest day again on Monday, but then it's a totally completely different workout, and you're just doing different stuff all the time, your body isn't going to be able to adapt to that, you know, mm -hmm. that stress that we are putting on our body through strength training. So yeah, we definitely uh, need to stick to programs. I don't know about you. I program most of my clients programs for six weeks. Yeah. It's kind of that sweet spot for them to where it's, it's not too short, but it's not too long. And yet, because uh, I've, I've tried eight weeks with some, but they're like, ah, it's a little too long. A little so, long. Yeah, so for most people, I do six weeks. We stick to something. Uh, then we, you know, just we change it up. Uh, for myself personally, I don't care. I can do the same program for 12 weeks, but also I don't need the variety uh, that a lot of people like to have. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people can get bored easily, and I get that. So uh, for most clients, I do six weeks. Is that the same for you, probably? I, I tend to be four to six, depending on the person. If it's somebody that I know is going to travel and most likely miss two to three workouts, which is like a week, basically, then we're leaning more towards six. But yeah, for four to six weeks, we're doing the same workouts. If they're a Monday, Wednesday, Friday person, their Mondays are going to look the same, the Wednesdays, and then so on. Um, yeah. For reasons that you just said, we've got to come back, go back to those same reps and sets, stress the body the same way, and get good at those lifts. Um, and for other points that we'll make later on uh, in this podcast. So the solution for this, obviously, we want to provide some solutions. If you're training, jumping from program to program, or you're doing DVDs and, and this all the time, find a program that you can stick to or a phase you can stick to at least four to six weeks. And I would say more like a six to give, your time, give yourself time to it um, and get used to those movements build down. And if you don't know how to build out a phase, training like that over a month or a quarter got two trainers right here so reach yeah. out definitely build you guys out something and show you how to how to do that but also look at your gyms like those trainers should know how to do a uh, phase training as well so there's oh. tons out there hopefully fingers crossed but, yeah oh man all right well that's number one so number one is program hopping number two uh this kind of ties into uh programming but one of the mistakes we see is not tracking your progress. So not, you know, writing your weights down, not writing what you're lifting, right? Um, so that's probably one of the most common things that we see in people as well is, one, they are doing the random programs, but no one has a clue the progress they're making because they're not tracking anything. So they right. come in, they do a workout. You know, let's just keep with the chest example that I uh, said in the last one. Monday's chest day. They do flat bench. They do 10 reps of 50. 
uh, okay, that's great, but they don't really know, you know, from week to week. So next week they come in and they do the exact same thing, or maybe something less just because they have no clue. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, you need to write this stuff down in order to actually see the progress. Okay. So this is actually a pretty quick one. I don't know about you. Like, um, obviously when we work with clients and online clients or just anybody else, when we create a program, uh, for someone, the option is there for them to write it down. Okay. So a couple of solutions, one, write your weights down, mm -hmm. everything that you do. Uh, but then, you know, maybe use a notebook if you want to be old school and uh, write it on a piece of paper or a little notebook that you have that is designated as your workout uh, log or uh, use notes. For me personally, I use like the notes app in my yep. phone. It's yep. easy. I, I always have my phone with me. So why not just type in my workouts uh, that way? Uh, and then obviously if you do have a trainer or you're doing some type of uh, online programming, maybe you have an app. I believe you use Trainerize, right? Yeah. So I have my own app through that. It's track everything that you're lifting um, mm -hmm. on, on the date that you're lifting. So I can go back and see what I two years ago on my squat and have a better understanding of where I should be now. Yeah. And I use, I use true coach and it, it does the exact yeah. thing. People go in, uh, can plug in their numbers. They can go back and look at the previous week and be like, all right, I did this. So I need to be doing this. Uh, and then if you do have a trainer, the nice thing is, we can obviously look at that progress as well, show you the progress. Um, and then we can plug in those numbers for you as well. You know, yep. if you do work with a trainer and be like, all right, next week, this is what you should be doing, hopefully, right? Not all um, strength gains are going to be linear. Like you're not going to gain every week, um, but at least you still have an idea of what you're doing. All right. Any, any other solutions you can think of for like just tracking purposes? Um, I would say if you're making progress right now and you're not doing this, then you'd be surprised. Like get a notebook, just try it for 30 days, track your weight. I know a lot of people don't track anything and they are stronger and they're losing body fat, but I guarantee you if you track this, you're technically tracking training volume. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of progress that you didn't even know was possible. So I would encourage, like you said, get the notepad, note. That's, that's the, the easiest way to go is the notes in your phone. That's what I would encourage. That's right. That's what I would say. All right. So number uh, three. Okay. So thinking that increasing weight uh, is the only way to make increasing your bench press weight. That's the only way you're actually making progress. Um, this is me from age probably 15 to 20, 21. It was all just all numbers. Chasing the games. Dude of 300. Yeah. The 300 bench. That's all that mattered. Right. Like, um, but that's just, that's so far, far from the truth. That's really how you run into a lot of injuries is you're just yeah. chasing. It's one of the reasons why, again, we both think CrossFit has a place in the industry, but mm. you have the mindset, you see the numbers up on the board and you just got for the 245 that day. And it's just not, it's not the way to watch. It's not the only thing to watch in your progress. Um, uh, things that things that you can adjust that I do a lot with my clients actually just to check in with somebody. I was encouraging them to change their tempo instead of focusing so much on the weight. Yep. Um, so think about like a bench press 
as you press, a lot of times we just rep it out one for one, one second up, one second down. Changing that tempo and being able to better control movement is another way to see progress in the gym. Um, being able to control more weight um, under more time, more time under tension. Mm -hmm. um, what about you? Like anything there? Like other ways that you attract progress, not from going up and just weight? Uh, I think one of the big ones is range of motion for a lot of people. Uh, obviously, we want to work on form, but making progress and uh, let's just say, for example, a squat, uh, you know, a lot of people's hip mobility not be great, but over time, it gets better and better and better. And the fact that they can go deeper in a squat and eventually get stronger in those positions, uh, that is progress. Your weight may not go up. But the fact that you are able to go a greater range of motion, that is progress. And that's still you getting stronger uh, yeah. without the weight having to go up. So that's a great one I like to do uh, for a lot of clients. Just seeing improvement in ranges of motion. Yeah, range of motion, form. And, you know, we could even argue that, too. If you can increase your range properly, like a squat, your strength is going to go up over time. Yeah. Um, and by limiting your range of motion, you are capping your potential by not getting into that full depth of that squat. So improving your range of motion is a great thing to watch. Uh, better form, being able to increase your reps or sets over time. It's more training volume, body's able to handle more. Um, and then of course, like workout duration. Not saying that you need to work out for two hours, but maybe when you first started, you were doing two sets of squats and just feeling winded in between five by five with ease. So there's plenty of things to watch other than just tracking your weights going up in the gym. Yeah. Up ones I'd point out. Yeah. Um, and I, would, I would say, too, for a lot of people, the solution, like a lot of people think they plateau in the sense like, ah, the weight is just not going up. Okay, well, then try one of these other methods, yeah. right? Instead of always focusing on the weight needs to go up, the weight needs to go up. Uh, so – you know, that's one solution, I think, for a lot of people. Anything else that you can think of? I'd say that, that'd be my guess. Is And let's just list, list off those solutions again. You made a good list. So things that I increasing your weight, look at your range of motion, on, especially moving, like I'm thinking squats, especially you mentioned that, making sure your deadlifts, proper hip mobility. So increasing your range of motion, slowing down your tempo, um, your rest periods where you can take less rest, still lift mm -hmm. the same volume for sure. in your form at rep sets and then of course being able to work out for a longer amount of time those are the top ones i would go to before just thinking i need to add this bench press yeah and and, and you know like we've mentioned before don't choose all of these at once no. <laughs> like pick one right maybe yeah. pick one of those options work on that and then maybe come back and see if your weight can increase. And then maybe if you hit another plateau, then try and dump another one of these options, right? Don't try all however many we have listed here, six, seven at one time. In fact, not to step far, but apply this to that six-week phase you mentioned. If you've got six, you know you're doing something, a phase of training for three weeks, just go at it. And then for the next three weeks, say, I'm going to focus on tempo or form. That make those six weeks really intense for you without having to change that weight and it may provide that variety for people so it keeps it more interesting right 
So adding one of these uh, techniques, I guess, if you want to call it, might keep it interesting enough to keep that variety factor in there for people, even though we're not changing exercises. So good. All right. So uh, that was three. That was, you know, thinking that increasing weight is the only way to make progress in gym. So we're going to move on to number four. Common thing here, improper form. Mm -hmm. um, most of the time, improper form just comes from like lack of knowledge, just a lack of understanding you know, of, you know, what to do in the gym. Never been in the gym before. Um, I think one of the common things, and we've mentioned weight just a little bit ago, choosing too heavy of weights that prevents you from actually having proper form uh, is a common thing that we see. I don't know about you, but I mean, I recently <laughs> moved to a new gym and I'm baffled at so many improper forms of many exercises and not just people who are working out on their own, but people who are working with trainers and the trainer says nothing. Yep. It's just like, they're okay with it. It's like, ah, you know, and I feel bad for them because they're not getting the most out of that exercise. Uh, and w improper form eventually can come injuries, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, lack of progress. I mean, I literally told him oh, this morning that his, his first rep was just trash. So we just <laughs> down because I mean, do you want to repeat something? If you know you're doing something wrong, you're not going to repeat it. But most of these people don't know that they're doing something wrong. So it's no, your no. trainer or the friend to find, find the right way to be able to show them like, hey, let's break down this form so we can get the most um, out of this, you know, your highest potential out of this movement. Yeah. And I would say, I mean, you just mentioned the solution, like maybe find a friend that actually knows what they're doing, a little bit about what they're talking about. Uh, if you try and find a trainer, I would say maybe observe that trainer. And I say that specifically because, as I mentioned, I know a lot of trainers that honestly don't care about form and they won't correct that individual either if they are doing bad form. So maybe observe trainers a little bit and see what they do. And then, then you can kind of maybe approach a trainer in a better way to get someone who's a little bit more qualified instead of accidentally maybe picking someone and then you end up in the same spot, Agreed. right? To where they don't correct your stuff. They don't communicate that stuff well. Uh, so maybe observe if you're in a gym setting, the trainers, if you don't understand that stuff very well and see if you can maybe find someone that could fit. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you can think of? I mean, a lot of uh, these are pretty straightforward. So Yeah, pretty straightforward. On form, another thing to consider is if you're intimidated by asking somebody, <clears throat> gyms are loaded with mirrors, and you probably have right on your phone. <laughs> Find a very yeah. find a professional video, and and watch somebody go through those reps over and over again. If you need to figure out, you know how to deadlift, how to squat, and then look in the mirror, turn sideways if you need to. Good, yeah, watch yourself. Easy, free solution right there. Absolutely. Um, no, that's also uh, yeah. Common mistake number four that was improper form. Mm -hmm. So for common mistake number five in strength training, uh, I would say tempo. This is one yeah. we see a lot because I think people assume just being able to rep out a weight is the best thing like just flying through it that just shows that you're very strong mm -hmm. and that's not the case um and again this goes goes along with your form but you need to have control over what it is you're lifting everything we are doing strength it applies to the outside world you're not going to take your 
crock pot and shove it up into the cabinet over and over again, or, or your bike, you know, these are controlled movements. You're practicing for life. Right. So same thing there. You need to be able to control both directions, eccentric and concentric weight comes down as you're pushing it up. It's very important to have full control over that and the tempo, what you're going to need to focus on. Um, do you specifically give your clients like tempos every time to follow or is it something you bring in later down the road after they've progressed? No, I, I honestly use tempo as more of an intensifier than like a teacher or a teaching kind of technique as we're more talking about here. Um, really the only thing I tell clients when in regards to tempo is kind of, I think of control. So mm -hmm. I want that client to be able to have control throughout the whole entire movement. Um, does the tempo have to be like a three second negative, a pause and then explosion? No, it can be that, you know, one second, one second, one second, whatever through those phases, but there's, you still need to be able to have control over it. And I think a lot of, um, time s slowing people's reps down does help that control, right? So it is a way to teach that. Um, I think of it this way a lot of times. Every rep that we do should look the same in appearance. It should be performed the same way. Um, your body shouldn't just make sudden movements. Uh, I just to give an example, I follow this bodybuilding chick on Instagram and I watch her training style and every rep is controlled. Like it's, it's incredible to see. It doesn't matter what the load is. Everything is under control. The weight doesn't control her. She controls the weight. Right. And yes. it, it doesn't even matter. Like, okay, you know, we're talking about weight isn't the only way to make progress. If and we've talked about improper form to where people use too much weight. They're not in control, which could lead to improper form. So drop that weight and control through the entire movement. You'll probably make better progress. You will also stay free of injury. So every rep should look the same. It's kind of like that cue I like to give. Now, I understand maybe the last one or two reps might be, you know, one of those grinders to where it, you're shaking and it's tough. But the majority of the reps that you do should all look the same, mm -hmm. ideally. I like that. That's good. And, and that's a good in-between two-step that you could tell somebody if they feel like they've plastered. You may not be able to go up five pounds, but you may be able to add one second to every rep of controlling, and that's what could push you to the next five pounds, adding on a push. I like that. Yeah. You know, every thing, that's good. So number five, common mistake is your tempo, just being all over the place or not controlling your tempo. What do you got for number six? All right, six. Uh, we're just over halfway. This one is going to be rest periods. And I think the common mistake people make when it comes to strength training is too many people don't take enough rest. It's go, go, go. Uh, whether that stems from people coming from the class type kind of setting, boot camp, whatever, to where it's just one right after another, to where it's almost uh, circuit-like training. There's very little rest. It's one exercise after another. Or they just think that they don't need a lot of time to recover. Um, but if we are, you know, challenging our body with heavy weights, uh, you need that rest time, right? So inadequate rest can lead to 
strength decreasing. So if I do my first set of 10 with a certain amount of weight, but then I only rest 30 seconds, I'm probably not going to get that, let's say 10 reps again, unless the weight is just too light, then it's not challenging in the first place. Right. Yep. But, if, but if it is challenging on that first set and you rest 30, you're not going to get that same, uh, rep range potentially on that second, third, fourth set, however many you're doing. Uh, decrease in, uh, I would say it's inefficient for muscle growth uh, as well. You know, they've done several studies that show two to three minute rest periods are better than taking one minute rest periods, right? Your body and your muscles need that time in order to recover so that you can put the full output again on the rest of your sets. Uh, and then I would say improper form, right? Uh, you see, <laughs> I know you mentioned CrossFit. CrossFit gets a bad rap uh, at a lot of beginning levels because it's short rest and over time it gets sloppy, right? Because people get tired and they just can't control the weight and it just gets ugly because of the rest and the improper rest periods. Uh, so I would say solutions to this. Time your rest if you need to. Right. If you're, if you're not very good at it or you're not used to it. And I love this is that I've had to actually teach clients to rest. So when they come to me and we start working in person, I'm like, all right, we're going to rest. And they're like, what do we do? I'm like, just chill. Yeah. Relax. Just, yeah, just, just take a seat. Right. Um, I do have, I will say that I do have a group of ladies who they kind of get a little antsy. They don't want to just stand there. So I tell them to take two laps around the gym. Okay. Yeah. So, good. so in that sense, it's, they're still getting some quality steps in and some activity, but it's forcing them to rest. So by the time they finish their two or three laps around the gym, okay, it's time to go. Right. And that usually gives them about two to three minutes rest ish. Um, and I mentioned that four, two, three minute rest is kind of ideal for muscle growth. I understand a lot of people don't want to wait that long, uh, but if you want to just kind of have the most efficient and ideal um, situation, rest during that period. If you're focused on strength, like just pure strength, then you probably need to go closer to that three to five minutes. Uh, that does get a little boring. Uh, we've all seen, you know, probably the person just camping out at the bench and they're like, oh, I'm powerlifting, you know. Um, I know. I was gonna say if, if you you made a little bit of this point earlier like if if you feel like all you need is 60 seconds then I would challenge that you're not lifting to your full potential I mean yes. I know there's phases of training and types of training where you're supposed to rest 30 seconds or whatever but for the majority of people if you're able to jump right back after 60 seconds of letting go of that bar I would question your intensity and the weight that you're lifting so that's, yeah. that's another way to kind of figure out, okay, do I need more rest time? Maybe it's I, I need more volume to create that rest time. Yeah, very true. All right, that was number six, rest periods. Number seven. Number seven, consistency. I just ran a consistency challenge. This is perfect. Showing people just how inconsistent they really are unless they are, you know, just focused in on it and checking off everything. We really are very consistent with our strength training diet nutrition all that kind of stuff um especially if you're not paying full attention to it so absolutely um you know it, it's one of those things if you feel like you can't get your main workout in you see this a lot of like 
travel, if they can't get yeah. their out in, they do nothing. Yeah. If you want to be consistent and continue, continue to see some sort of progress, even a small amount each day, you're going to do something that is going to push your health forward. Yes. That, that day, these steps, you may, you may be winding up an hour long, heavy workout, but that day it may just be or just eating some vegetables, whatever it may be. But this idea of being all the way on, all the way off leads to uh, just huge inconsistencies and lack of progress over time. Correct. Um, the time you take off, you take a few more days to get the, all that kind of back and build back up to your full potential. So you'll be better off doing something than giving okay. up completely. Yeah. I think, it, and that is what we mean. And I'm probably, I'm probably pretty sure that clients probably hear us say that all the time. Something is better than nothing. And we probably hash that point over and over. But the idea is that consistency is being okay with the fact that you didn't get your one hour workout in, but you went for a 10 minute walk. Mm -hmm. Right. Or maybe that workout wasn't as great. It wasn't the greatest workout in the world that you ever had, but you still got it in. The whole idea is to keep momentum going. And even yes. those little things are going to do that instead of like you mentioned, a hundred percent on hundred percent off, you know, you take steps forward and then you turn it off. Then you're taking multiple steps back and then you've got to try and make those things up again to us where if we just take these little steps, it's okay. And people, yep. I think it's a mindset thing as well, you know, cause most people are all or nothing. So they struggle with the fact that it's okay that I got a 15 minute workout in and it may have been at home instead of the gym, but that still is giving you the momentum to get through your week or whatever it is. And it creates this, it's almost like a domino effect. Okay. Like if you're sitting down to do or whatever, you don't want to do that homework. But if you commit to, hey, let me just sit down for five minutes and just start this. By yeah. sitting down on it for five minutes, you're more likely to go for 10 or 15. So if you only have time for a five-minute workout, you may not have time to work out anymore, but it's going to be a vote, a mental vote for your health that could push you into eating a healthier lunch and supper that day and getting in some because you took a small step. So it's yeah. usually about the little workout or the little piece you got. It's about the it has on the rest of your day yes. and that's why we say do something every day to push your head forward it can all, but do it's the accumulation of all those little things put together that's mm -hmm. going to give you those those amazing results instead of i need this massive one thing or nothing right right yeah very good oh, i like that I like do you remember uh, this throwing it back to school do you remember I forget who, what teacher mentioned it, but getting people started with just walking to their mailbox is a great place to start for somebody that's maybe, you know, very overweight. Never done anything, yeah. yeah I remember at the time, we were super young, 18, whatever, thinking, the gym. But now I'm working with, right, where it's like, just do that. Just walk to your mailbox. If that's the next thing that you can do. That's the best thing you can do. Just a small vote for your health. Sorry, a little, exactly. little thing no, back. No, that's great. Throwing it back, throwback Thursday, right? It is Thursday. <laughs> All right, that was that was seven, right? Yes, seven. Frequency. So number eight, uh, and we've kind of mentioned this as we've gone along, but 
Uh, I think this point is maybe a little bit more prevalent in females. Um, and that is avoiding heavy lifting, um, especially because they'll think, you know, they make you look bulky if I just all of a sudden pick up a heavier dumbbell, bam, I'm going to be blown up into a bodybuilder. I love this. I love this analogy, though. I can't remember where I saw the quote, to be honest with you, but it was like being scared to lift heavy because you'll look like a bodybuilder is the equivalent of being scared to drive, like to work or to school, being afraid of the fact that you'll all of a sudden turn into like a Formula One race car driver or an NASCAR driver. Yep. Like those extremes, right? Like just because I set foot inside my car and decide to take a drive overnight, I'm going to turn into, you know, an extreme race car driver. It doesn't work that way with lifting either, right? Um, but on the flip side of that, I will say, because people are like, well, if I avoid heavy, then I'm just going to lift light to tone up the muscles. <laughs> All right? Toning, everyone's favorite fitness word. Um, and they, it's usually lightweight at higher reps uh, is, you know, equals toning, right? First of all, toning is simply building muscle and losing body fat. It's recomposition. We do to lift heavy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, so don't be, you know, and the best way to achieve that and the most efficient way to achieve that is by what? Lifting heavy. Heavy. Right. Lifting heavy. Yeah. In fact, I would owned quicker. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you will get toned yeah. quicker. There's no uh, lean, slender muscle building. You know, these are all nice They're little catch Marketing, yeah, marketing catchphrases. You're building muscle or you're breaking down muscle. It's you're adding or you're subtracting. Lifting heavy is how you get toned and reducing body fat, which goes to the muscle that you have built. Yeah. And I will say, lifting, lifting lighter weights for higher reps can be efficient in building muscle, but the caveat is those sets need to be taken to basically complete failure. So in my opinion, in, in my opinion, it's just, it's going to be more efficient for you just to go ahead and lift heavier, let's say at like a eight to 12 rep range, as opposed to lifting lighter weights, doing 30 to 40 reps, but yet you still have to fail. I know personally, I don't want to do 30 to 40 reps and neither do my clients. If, if reps go above 15, they freak out, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just more efficient to go ahead and lift heavier as opposed to, well, I'm going to lift light. Yeah. So. I, and again, like if this is something you've been doing, we get switched down heavy weight, lower, and the progress you're going to see is going to be incredible over, over the course of a month or two. Yeah. I will <laughs> say, so solutions for this. Um, heavy is going to be different for everyone, obviously. Uh, so don't be afraid uh, to challenge yourself. Like what is heavy for one person is not going to be heavy for another. So don't compare yourself uh, in that way. I would say if you're not comfortable, you know, maybe get a workout partner who is, who's a little bit more experienced, uh, hire a trainer. Uh, obviously, we keep doing shameless plugs, but it is what it is. Um, so, you know, find someone who knows what they're doing. I, I know that for, especially for women, it can be intimidating uh, stepping into kind of that 
dumbbell area, which people are used to, you know, it's intimidating because that's where all the big people are or where the hardcore people are. It can be intimidating. I understand that. Um, but, you know, maybe find someone to work out with that will make you comfortable in that setting. Uh, as mm -hmm. opposed, you know, as opposed to just avoiding it altogether. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So lifting heavy, um, the number nine, number nine, we're almost, done. almost wrapping up. Yeah. Um, adding too much volume. So leading to overtraining. another mm -hmm. common mistake we see. Yes. I specifically see this with anybody. And again, I'm not trying to knock it because it's a place for all kinds of training, but mm -hmm. I see trying to switch over to not bodybuilding, but free weight training and more in gym, traditional training out of beachbody.com, um, orange theory, CrossFit, yeah. burn boot camps. These places that prioritize you doing these big burns at the end, let's do this 200 calorie challenge to finish up the workout. And what tends to happen is you switch over to programming, building up your muscles you're getting this good you know the 60 and 90 second rest you're doing your compound lifts and they get to the end of the workout and they want to add in fill in the blank like tabata rowing high intensity rowing kettlebell swings if no and it's honestly it, it leads a lot of times over fatigue and then inability to work out well 24 48 hours later absolutely so in the moment, you probably feel like you're getting this runner's high, this, you know, you feel great, but you're limiting your potential to recover and get back to it, um, which will really build up your body strength and tone, all the things you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Do you see this with a lot of clients or? Yes, all the, all, all the time. And I hate to harp on this, but it's mostly, it's mostly women once again, because the common thing I see is we'll go through, you know, let's take an example uh, someone who comes in three times a week, we lift and to them, it wasn't hard enough. Right. right. Because a lot of people associate a hard workout with exhaustion, soaked in sweat. I need a burn feeling all these different things. When honestly, when it comes to strength training, a lot of times there are strength training workouts that I have an awesome workout. I am not exhausted. I, right. am, I am not soaked in sweat, uh, but it was a fantastic workout, right? I am still going to reap the benefits of that workout. So typically what I find, and I will hear this, is we have our program three days a week. They will go home even the same day of a workout and perform another 30 minute workout at home from like a YouTube video or an app or something like that. So we are now accumulating so much volume, not only on the day of, but then on the other four days of the week too. Yeah. So they're not allowing their body enough time to recover, especially if you're, you know, adding these things six, seven days a week, you know, our bodies actually change when we recover from the stress of lifting and adding in those extra workouts is actually not allowing our body to recover, even though you think the extra work is going to help. Yep. And I would, so as a plug too, for somebody that still wants this activity, the only thing I, from my experience, I would tell you, you could go home 
do or the next day do is prioritize your mobility. And that, that's not going to be this high intensity workout or anything. It's, it's not stretching, but working on your mobility training, not going to be as taxing as adding in hit or an extra workout. That's the only big thing I would say you would, you'd want to focus on your downtime. Yeah. I, and a, another thing is too, is a lot of people who do add this, you know, what I like to call junk volume is they don't see progress for that reason. Yep. It's because they have too much workout volume week by week. The body doesn't have enough time to recover. Therefore, it can't make changes. Mm -hmm. And if you continue to be overtrained and under-recovered, it leads to injuries, energy levels are low. Uh, you may not be able to perform your normal programmed workouts to the intensity that you should be because you're doing all these other workouts. Um, so in the end, adding this extra volume in those little 20 to 30 minute workouts to the end of workouts uh, that you've already completed or throughout the week you think may be beneficial, probably aren't going to be. Right. And your trainer did not write your, or if you, whatever you do, writing programs, assuming that you're going to go and do 20 more minutes of <laughs> workouts that we yeah. didn't tell you. Yeah. Now so you're throwing off everything else that we're picturing. In the plan. You're yeah. adding 60 more minutes possibly every week of intensity to your workouts. And that impacts nutrition, recovery. There's a lot of changes you'd want to make that in. Um, but just know that if you're sneaking that in because you think you're getting ahead, you're probably holding yourself where you are or possibly stepping back by adding in this junk volume. Yeah. And to that, I would say, like, if you do have a trainer, listen and trust them, right? You're paying them for a reason, and I hope they're a good trainer, but we're not giving you added workouts for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying to give you the opportunity to rest. And like you mentioned before, um, you know, one, take your rest days. But if you do want to go home and do more, my suggestion would just be focus on being active. And I know we talk a lot about walking and increasing your step count, but I think it's so underrated and people don't realize how important that aspect is. is. So take your rest days, maybe on your off days, focus on increasing your step count or your walking because you're not going to the gym. So let's say you average uh, seven to 8,000 on, on your workout days, maybe. Maybe try and increase that to like 10 or 11, right? Yep. So, you know, focus on more of being active than, I said, than doing a whole nother workout. And then focus on your sleep, your hydration, obviously your food intake based on your goals, all those things together and, and not doing extra workouts are going to benefit you in the long run. Yep. You'll be more prepared for that next session. That's a, yeah. that's a great. Oh, so and that was adding too much volume and, and leading training. Um, number 10. The last one. Last point. Is this you or me? <laughs> I think I did. Yeah. Go for it. Close it out. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. Okay. So basically, this is one I also see. Maybe you see this too. We harped on this a little bit in the last point. But people saying that 
the basic exercises or the workout was too easy. And I find this more with people that I program for, not necessarily the in-person um, mm -hmm. clients, just because we're there to push them, right? Um, at least from my experience as a trainer, it's usually online people or um, just your average gym girl as well. They're like, oh, it's too easy. And I've had that before where I give someone a program. They're like, that is just too simple. And I, I don't mean to be rude, but I am going to be blunt. Simply put, you're not working hard enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, I'm that's, that's, really, yeah, that's really all there is to it. And uh, I wrote down this quote. I love this quote. Uh, I don't know if you follow Sherelle Grant. She lives in Australia. She competes in some bodybuilding uh, thing. But she's also a great trainer, great resource to follow, especially if you're a female. She puts out a lot of quality content. So Sherelle Grant, if you do want to follow her, a uh, little shout out there. But she said, I love this quote. She said, the difference between a beginner and, and a beginner and advanced exercise has nothing to do with the exercise itself. It has more to do with the intensity and the weight of the exercise. Mm. So... If I, let's just take um, maybe something like a goblet squat that someone would think is easy. And they're like, that, that just, it's not challenging. I don't, okay, you need to up the intensity and which probably means you need to up the load in some form or fashion, right? Or as we mentioned before, maybe you can't up the load, but maybe use tempo. Tempo, yeah. Like we said, slow things down use less rest periods or something like that, that it all is encompassed in intensity in ways to increase intensity. But if it's just too light to begin with, up the load a little bit there. Ask, you ask if you're finding that easy, then, then go through that list again, of range of motion, tempo, uh, load that you're lifting, and you figure out like, what is the best way to progress this? If my form is good, then I can pretty much change those other things, uh, the load. If you're breezing through your workout, like, again, like you're probably we're not trying to offend you. You're not lifting heavy enough. Yeah. You're not doing something right. I have my – sometimes I'll have them film a section of their workout and send it back to me. Mm -hmm. and that's whenever I realized, like, dude, you could be deadlifting 125 and you're, you're using a fixed bar at, like, 40 pounds. Like, here's the problem. Um, so definitely look at, like, increasing the load if your form is okay. But usually that is the case that – not putting in enough work yeah and i mean we hate to be blunt but it's 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 true right it, it's typically the thing for more uh, most people all uh solutions to that uh just some other ways besides what we kind of already mentioned with intensity techniques and upping uh the weight some that i like to use for myself and for clients so i don't know how you program i used to program to where every week was a little bit different, right? Week one, we're doing six to eight reps. Mm -hmm. Week two, we're doing eight to 10. Week three, we're doing 10 to 12. And then we'll repeat that cycle. Um, I have found that I now give people a larger rep range. So I will, I will now give them six to 12, right? So it's a pretty big range. I think that's like, what, a seven uh, rep difference there. And my rule of thumb for a lot of people is, okay, if you can get 12 on the first set, we're going to go up in weight on the second set. 
and maybe you'll get maybe you'll only get eight but that's fine intensity went up because your effort also and the load went up right and we'll probably you know, maybe, yeah maybe we'll stick there because maybe you only get six on the third set but rule of thumb something i like to do for myself and clients greater rep ranges if you hit that top number because i find a lot of clients think if i give them a rep range they expect the number that i want from them is the top number right Every, so if you give me six to 12 you want me to hit 12 right not necessarily i am fine with you getting eight that just meant you yeah it just means you lift lifted heavier right uh, so that's one way I've found to kind of help with that intensity and making things a little bit harder. Uh, another thing, fewer sets. I know kind of the magic number for most people is three, right? Three sets. Three sets, 10 to 12. That's like, you know, the thing everyone sees. Uh, most people probably do three to four, I find. I have started dropping it down to two sets for a lot of exercises for a lot of people couple of reasons for that. One, if I have less kind of volume per exercise, I can add some more exercises to people's workouts um, just because there's less volume per exercise. But what I find is that because there's only two sets, they end up pushing themselves harder because it's, I only have to do this twice, mm -hmm. right? And so if we do that first set and let's keep with this kind of extra a bigger rep range and they get 12 i'm like all right one let's go up but they're like do you want a five pound jump or do you want a 10 pound jump and they're like well i don't have to do this one more time right yeah well i'm gonna take the 10 pound jump right yep. so it's kind of that little motivation in the sense of there's less to do so they're a little bit almost more motivated to push themselves harder because you're only doing it twice you know so yes. I love I love those two two great things. Bigger rep ranges, fewer sets uh, per exercise. Yeah. What are what are I, I love it because you go for it. No. Well, I was gonna say, worked out together. Was it a month ago? And you did the same thing. So you prioritized a really good warm up, and then we just did two sets of almost everything. And, and because of that, yeah. I was to my ninety percent max right out the gate, and it the best workouts that month yeah. um, i love that that system of, of bringing it down but going super super heavy yeah. from the start yeah as far as the ranges go i do a very similar structure so if we're working in the same phase we were talking about phases earlier so for four weeks doing the same rep range it's usually a window per exercise and what i mean is we're going to do four sets of eight to twelve reps but what I'm watching on week one is I want them preferably to hit the 12. Whenever I go back week two, I want to up the weight so they can only get eight. Eight, yeah. Three, we're just see what our potential is to get back up to 12. It's still always an eight to 12 window. I think mentally it also helps people know, like, I didn't fail if I hit eight and I missed 12. Yeah. Because they still fell into that window. So they can, like, mentally check it off, like, I'm still a success. I'm still doing well here. Right. Um, but by doing 12 for a week and then up weight and okay with hitting eight, we take our total volume. Because usually you're able to jump five to 10 pounds every couple of weeks. Yeah. First start out. So now I use both of them, especially since you pointed out the two. That, but using a rep 
window is what I would call it, like you said, doing 10 to 15 reps is a great way if you're tracking your weights, like we suggested with a notepad. One week, shoot for the 15. The next week, maybe the 10, but an increase of weight or a slowdown of tempo or deeper range of motion. And it's challenging your body every week, bi-weekly, to do something different with that same exercise. And that's what will continue to push you forward, progressive overload. Yeah. And I find with the smaller rep ranges, one of the reasons why I switched to a bigger one, let's just give the six to eight rep range as an example. A lot of times if people hit eight, because of fatigue, they hit six on the next one. Right. You know, so the, there's so much room for error, right? Because there's, it's only a two to three rep difference. So being able to have that greater rep range gives you a little bit more uh, flexibility. Um, but gives you the chance to kind of push the load a little bit more as well. That's correct, man. De dead on, man. These are great points. I love All right. I mean, we got all 10. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to add? Go back and previously hit something uh, before we close it up? What's one? Okay, so that's one takeaway. What would you suggest if, for most of the people you see away from this? Obviously, we'd love for you to live out all 10 of these points. Yeah. But what's one What's one that you would suggest to the crowd that you typically see? Uh, one. Can I pick two? Can I, nope. cheat? Can I nope. pick and cheat two? I think my biggest ones, and this is something that has come up late, is consistency. I think that's the biggest one that everyone struggles with. Um, being okay and accepting of the fact that I can't get my normal workout in, but it's okay that I got in something that's 10 minutes because these small steps in, are going to accumulate and push me to be motivated and continue to motivate me as I go along, right? Um, so that would be the uh, probably one. And then I would honestly say the second one, ooh, it's down to the last two. I would say the junk volume, adding too much work uh, yep. would be the two that I see pop up the most because a lot of people feel like I work out three times a week. That's not enough. I should add more when honestly, three times is sufficient as long as you are, you know, taking the steps of recovery um, and focusing on your sleep and all these other factors as well. So I would, I would say for me personally and would be, Adding too much volume, leading to overtraining and under uh, under recovery, and then the consistency. Yeah, sticking with it. No, yeah. that's good. What about you? You, you stole. That was going to be my go-to, but the next one I would say uh, tracking what you're doing, tracking your volume, tracking the weights you lift. I, I think people really, it, it's very eye-opening after doing that for 30 days. Just take it on as a challenge for the next 30 days. Get a notepad, write down what you're lifting. I really think you'll be surprised how much you will push yourself without having to have a coach there, but seeing, hey, 18 lunges, just body weight last week, let me add two steps and take it to 20. Like that's gonna lead eventually to you doing weighted lunges or whatever it may be, but tracking your weight, writing it down, that, that's the one thing I would encourage people to do after this. Yeah, very good. All right, excellent episode. A lot of good points and take-home points uh, for people to uh, use and share. I will say, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us at The Perfect Fit on the Apple Podcasts, Spotify, 
there's some other ones, but those are pretty much the two main uh, outlets that you can find us on. Uh, let's see, what else do I want to say? Anything you want to plug? Uh, feel free to follow us on you know Instagram, Coach Cure. If you're here watching right now, you can you can follow both of us, Craig, Co- Coach Cure. Um, man, that's that's about it. Definitely subscribe to the podcast. Please share it with a friend. These are ten great points for a beginner or something to the gym. So really appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, man.